You're listening to Innovation Fuel, a business podcast by University of Canada West. Bringing you fantastic stories for accomplished entrepreneurs and key industry professionals. Let's explore the entrepreneurial world through local businesses and our university community. Hello, Dave. Glory, how are you doing? Gradual entry to kindergarten, and it's so, so stressful, so exciting, and it's stressful both together. Before going to kindergarten, it took us a long time to choose a school that is match for us. It's important if it's fit for you, right? And it's funny because, you know, we have two kids that are starting school at the same time and running to the same thing. My older kids have already decided which school they're going to. And now that kid is just going after that. But you're leaning towards them. I think you're going down this pathway of are the schools you choose have an effect on where you'll go to university and what career you'll end up in? Exactly, Dave. You know, it's important for me as a parent is that how much extra curriculum I created for my daughter. For example, art, in science, in robotics, in exercise, in sports, all of them are important. And how many you involve your kids as a parent to all this opportunity. It's And it's very expensive, very time consuming as a working parent. So it's a lot of sacrifice for parents. It's extremely like... It's stressful. And I think it probably gets more and more stressful as you move down the journey, as they get into high school, and then making sure they're choosing the right courses that aligns them to the right universities, like with all that time and effort that you put into their academics and their extra hobbies and their volunteering and making sure they have chosen the right academics to make that next leap. What you're doing as a parent right now, it's you're trying to give your kids best opportunity and this career for the future, more successful, more happy for the futures. And you do all this effort to that one, but it's not you cannot be 100% sure that you're in your best or even your kids, if they are in this grade 9, 10, they are not sure what is what they're interested in. So that's why a lot of time you need a counselor. I think that our guests can help us. So we want to welcome Christine Morgan, the education counselor that helps students to find the best universities career for themselves. Hello, Kristen. Welcome to Innovation Fuel. We are so delighted to have you here to join us in our episode today. Kristen, before we get started, we need to know a little bit more about you. Can you tell our audience who you are? Yes. Thank you to both of you for having me on the podcast today. I'm really excited to be here today. I am a learner, first and foremost. I think that's the biggest thing to know about me. I am an avid consumer of knowledge, and that has laid the foundation of who I am in business. So I'm the founder of Morgan Academic Consulting, and I support students and their families as they transition from high school to post-secondary, especially high-performance athletes. And this really came to be from a background of my own high school journey and this hunger for knowledge and learning and a dissatisfaction with doing it slowly, wanting to accumulate all of this knowledge quickly. I ended up graduating high school. I studied at UBC Okanagan. I did a physics and math specialization. And over the years at UBCO, I became really involved with our Senate, lots of academic governance, policy development. I worked for the Center for Teaching and Learning and the library. And as I got more plugged in with UBC, family friends would start to come to me and say, hey, I'm a got some questions about education. My son's looking to apply to university. What's uh, What should we be looking at to do for him to support him best? 
And all of that experience and all of those needs that I started to see around me really rolled into Morgan Academic Consulting and into starting the business and where I am today. That is perfect. You know, there's just a lot of discussion always why as a mom is that, okay, what is the best journey? What is the best plan? Uh, we can have for our kids, for their future, because I always say that we shouldn't look at the right now, what is happening. For example, my daughter is five years old. So we have to look at it, what is happening in 15 years so that you have to prepare them for the future. It even goes even further than that. You know, nowadays, like, you know, I go back and I look at my university journey. Wasn't that expensive to go to university back then? That's not the situation anymore because education has become so expensive. Navigating that and making those decisions early is very difficult for, I guess, parents and for the student by making sure they're making the right choices. Exactly. And, and that even gets more complicated when you start to throw in high performance athletics and these students and families that have put so much of their identity and financial investment into playing high performance sports at a high level. I mean, you talk about these soccer players, these volleyball players, these hockey players, the financial commitment was huge and continues to be really huge, both with the academics and the athletics. And that's a question I get a lot. How, how do we know that this investment is worth it? How to handle the finances for these students, many of whom are in that 17, 18, 19 range and are making these financial commitments that will hang around with them for the next several decades. So we really focus on journey mapping. Where do you want to end up? But what should those steps look like for you? I can tell you that the norm of a four-year undergraduate experience is much less common these days. More and more students and their families are going into their undergraduate experience, planning to take more than four years to complete this, planning to do some courses over the summer. And a large reason for that is that students can hold down educational opportunities and job opportunities at the same time, pay for some of their schooling. There's a world of scholarship opportunities out there. And I don't think it'll surprise any of your listeners to hear that so much of that money every year, millions of dollars just in Canada goes unclaimed because students and their families either don't know that these scholarships exist or don't have the confidence to apply to them, or maybe don't understand the perceived lack of competition that there is for some of these awards. So when we talk about scholarships and financial aid, it all comes back to that capacity and confidence building, supporting those people to uh, to apply for those financial supports in order to equip them to get through their undergraduate degree confidently and with financial stability or as much as possible. If you were talking with the kids in the grade two or three, what is the best advice you can give to them or plan for their high school? So what they have to achieve in the area stage before going to high school then to be ready to come to your services. The phrase that I come back to a lot is to keep as many doors open and open as many doors as you can, especially at the younger ages and just as you're entering high school. When you're talking about course selection or extracurricular involvement, leaving doors open is really important. It's unreasonable for us to expect that second and third graders and even eighth and 10th graders will have a clear understanding of how their academic careers will work out, let alone their careers after education. So making sure that we're purposefully leaving doors open, that we're giving them a wide variety of academic experiences so that once they hit the level of considering post-secondary and even once they get there, there's all these doors open. Maybe that looks like changing programs during their degree, changing specializations, different co-op or work-study options. Door opening is really important. And to parents of kids, especially of that age, honestly, the, the biggest piece of advice for them is to not worry. There is a large number of years in front of you. 
and there will be countless mistakes and there will be countless triumphs. And all of those things put together will just become part of the student's journey towards secondary education, high school, post-secondary education, and a future career beyond all of that. There is time to open those doors in the future. When do you start? Because a lot of these things, Kirsten, we see that if you don't do this type of math or you don't do this type of science or you don't do this, your university journey gets blocked a bit because they're looking for some prerequisites in order for getting into these programs. And this is a really situational thing, and it depends a lot on the student's high school experience. Now, in an ideal world, when a student hits that high school level, The counselors at the high school are able to guide them through course selection and chat with them, learn a little bit more about their interests and help them select the right courses. What we see in reality, though, is that these high school counselors are extremely overworked and under-resourced. And when they get two students coming to them and one needs to talk about which math course is most appropriate for them in grade 11, and one is maybe dealing with substance abuse or instability at home or lack of stability in their lives... They have to prioritize. And more frequently than not, we see these high-performing academic situations being deprioritized, and probably rightly so, to these life situations that other students are facing. So most of the time, what I would say is to start focusing on the high school experience as soon as you can. Grade 8, grade 9 is a really great time to start planning which courses you're going to take in high school. But I usually start working with people for university admissions somewhere in the 10th or 11th grade. And that helps us leave all of this path open and start developing what their university applications will look like as well. I was talking to a high school counselor not too long ago the other day. What she was saying to me is that I have to handle career development. I have to handle academic development. And I have to handle, of course, crisis, like mental crisis and physical crises. And then what I learned from them is that what they can do is they can guide. So what they do is they empower the student to say, hey, student, go figure it out for yourself and then come back to me and then I'll help guide you. You know, I really want to highlight the fantastic work that high school counselors are doing because there are so many students who will never get the opportunity to work with private consulting or or even consider some of these options available. And they are the front line for academic consulting for our high school students and even for our elementary school students. We're seeing it starting younger and younger now. They really decide and help direct a lot of these students' opportunities. I would encourage families just to make sure that they're looking at all the options available. Again, cast your glance far down the road, but make sure that your view is wide and keep all of these different possibilities in mind as you're picking out these next couple of steps. But I'm thinking about kids at the grade nine. You say that, okay, you have to plan what your passion is, your interests is. So maybe it's going to be difficult for them to understand what is their interest is because they haven't, as you said, not all of them have the chance to, to see the alternatives, to see the other opportunities, they practice it, they experience it. How you can, with your own service or consulting company, help them to have a plan at grade nine? Honestly, it's a situation we get a lot. So let's say there's a, a ninth grade student, they come to Morgan Academic Consulting. You know, they're academically inclined, they're excited for university, they plan to go, but maybe they don't know exactly what the future looks like. A lot of what we focus on them is a perspective shift. So what do these students see as getting out of their undergraduate experience? What's the goal that they're looking for? Do they want to go to university, get that uh, nursing degree and go into the career of nursing? That's great. We consider those the professional degrees. But in more cases than not, undergraduate degrees are becoming almost like the new high school diploma, wherein what you study in university is not necessarily what your career will look like. Most history majors do not become historians. 
Most English majors do not become writers. Most times when you go to university and you get one of these non-professional, non-specialized degrees, which is the majority of, of degrees that are undergraduate level, you go off into a wildly different field. It's, I think, comforting for people to realize that. Even your undergraduate experience, the purpose of that is to keep doors open and to open new doors. Maybe it's a, a greater commentary on life these days, but keeping doors open, maintaining flexibility for career opportunities and for interests to develop, it would be, in my opinion, ridiculous for a ninth grader to know exactly what they'll be doing when they're 55 years old. So my job when these families and these students come to me is to shift their perspective, to remove some of that stress, and to really say, look, let's leave as many doors open for you for as long as we can through high school, through university, and set you up for a wide range of careers. So when you're in your early and mid and late 20s, you have the opportunity to continue figuring out who you are as a person and what you want to do in your career down the road. It's absolutely right. It's, <laughs> just look at me and Dave. <laughs> It didn't do what we expected to do. I was a software engineer and I worked for seven for eight years. Then I changed my career. That is possible. I always say that it is always possible to change your career several times. But I'm always changing my career. <laughs> and that's how it is these days, isn't it? <laughs> Amazing because different career, different, different uh, background you will have actually you will be more experienced, you will have more broad knowledge and wisdom, and you can solve a problem in, from different aspects. That is really great. But do you think that given to the many, many options to a high schooler to say that, okay, this door can be open, this door can be open, at least they have to pick some things to go to university, right? At least, not, I'm not talking about the 15 years, but about five to 10 years plan. And this is a big piece of the puzzle as well, especially once we start talking about university admissions, because there's more and more really unique and interesting programs out there that are being developed to respond to emerging career needs. So when students are looking at specifically which universities or colleges to apply to, which programs or majors they want to specialize in, we spend a lot of time doing research. We look at all of these new programs out there. And most students will have an understanding of what type of intensity they're looking for in an undergraduate degree. Do they really want to go into a pretty intense technical field? Do they want to get more into something where they're going to be solving human-centric problems? Are they interested in hands-on work? So most students will have an area that they're aware of, of what their career should look like. The question is more the, the topic of it. As soon as we know where students are interested in, do you want to do hands-on work and be in different situations all the time? Well, that's a great position to consider you know, looking into trades development or 3D printing or materials manufacturing? Do you want to be solving human-centric problems and looking at big picture solutions? Then we look into things like political science or PPE, political science, philosophy, and economics degrees. Do you want to do something that's highly technical? Well, it's great to look into computer science and artificial intelligence degrees. Really, the important thing at that phase is for them to figure out the the type of career and the type of thing that they're interested in. But honestly, I circle back to my original point. Keep the doors open. Some students will know what they want to do at 18, and some of them will be right. And many of them will not know, and many of them will be wrong. So let's keep the doors open, and let's open as many doors as we can, and let people figure out what their career will look like as they move through their 20s and even their early 30s. 
You were saying that the academia universities, they're offering unique programs. Some of them are very, very new, and we don't know what the job market looks like for those degrees, right? So how we can advise someone to take that new programs when it's so new in the market and even the industry or employer, they are not aware of this type of program. Yeah, you know, I, I can share that over the last few years, especially being involved with the University of British Columbia's curriculum development process and on their Senate, I've been really fortunate to see the back end of this course development and program development. So sometimes, but very infrequently, these these degrees are just developed because the academics think it's exciting and new. But more frequently than not, these new courses and majors and degrees are developed as a response to an industry need that's been identified to UBC and, and to many other universities, but, but speaking from the UBC perspective. So new programs that UBCO has rolled out, things like degrees in sustainability, the, the paths and the specializations through that are a direct response to issues and to problems that industry has brought and asked for student training in these, in these environments. So I would really encourage families as they're looking at these new programs to feel emboldened and strengthened by the fact that post-secondary institutions are incentivized to be responsive to the job needs and the training needs that we see in the industry. And that these new and emerging programs weren't created out of a vacuum. They were created in a direct response to an industry need in order to graduate those students from the, from the degree or from the program and file them into these really exciting and fantastic job opportunities with an identified need for trained students and, and trained graduates. Yeah, and we're talking about the DQAB and the ministry oversees this, this element. So it's not only UBC or SFU or uh, University of Canada West. They all go through the same process with these programs is that they have to get industry insight. Yes, academics is contributing to that element, but there's still an oversight committee from the province and the Ministry of Education that has to sign off on these degrees before they're even accepted. Exactly. And honestly, if the COVID-19 pandemic has taught us anything, it's that we are all more interconnected than I, I think we wanted to even realize before March of 2020. There is no industry or area of business or area of economic development that is purely siloed from another. And this extends to academia, especially in Canada. It's all interconnected. So with that in mind, I know you said you want to, we don't want to close doors. Let's go back to the old degree processes. Are these degrees relevant anymore? If you want to open more doors, like how do you guide the students to which degrees are going to be more open to them keeping their doors open as they move forward to find that career opportunities? Dave, it's a million dollar question, isn't it? Are we actually setting our students up for success? A bit of what might be a, a controversial take on this, but what employers want is not your piece of paper anymore. It is not the ink that the university printed. We see it time and time again that the number one skill that employers are looking for is problem solving. You're right. There are degrees that will leave more doors open than others. But I would argue that more important than the actual area of study is what you take away from it and the personal development, which I know is a very buzzy word, but the development that you go through in the course of your undergraduate degree and how you move from a, a teenager who just graduated high school to a young adult who's ready to enter the workforce and meaningfully contribute to different areas. I think that's a lot of parents or people are looking for the creative career. They're looking at, okay, what is the most high paid 
job, for example, psychiatrists, gynecologists, surgeons. So this is the highest paid. It's, of course, it's super hard to get there, right? Being a marketing manager, it's one of the highest paid as well, but it's more achievable. So we have to, as you said, that problem solver is very important. The person be self-learner, self-motivated, problem solver, creative. Those are skills that are absolutely needed for all the jobs, especially that's for future jobs. But again, back to Dave's question is that there is some jobs that it's going to be eliminated in future because of technology and so, but it's still the degrees are available, right? So we can, we can say that, but it's, so how do you adjust this one to students to say that, okay, I know your life history, but maybe it's not a good option. Will you say something or no? It's a delicate situation, right? And this is opening up a lot of open questions right now. What does it mean to be meaningfully involved in the economy when it's rapidly changing? What will the future of work look like? What will employers want in five years, 10 years? Will we even be in one career or should this generation be expecting to move between different areas? I don't know if the greatest minds have the answers to some of those questions, let alone me here today. But what I can say is that as long as people keep those questions in their mind and recognize that the job market of today is wildly different than the job market of even two years ago, let alone one and two decades ago, we can then recognize that the job market in one and two and five and 10 years will be even more radically different than the shifts we've seen in the past. As long as the core of this is to remain responsive, focused on, on problem solving and developing who you are as, as a learner and as a, a worker and as a contributor to society, I really genuinely believe that outside of the professional degrees, the nurses and the doctors and the, the engineers that what you take away from your university studies as a person is more important. So pick a degree that leaves the doors open. Try not to, to pick one that might be antiquated in the near future, but spend more time investing on what you as the student, as the human, as the person takes away from that undergraduate experience. You know, and I think that makes a great segue into something that we need now maybe to get you to do for us, Kirsten is to throw us a challenge out there. Let's throw a challenge out to our audience, our students, or anybody out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to share this and to hear from folks about it. So as I mentioned, sort of at the start of our chat today, Morgan Academic Consulting was a 100% born out of the pandemic business. This company has never not existed in the realm of the pandemic. And that has really changed some of the norms for networking and growing your book of business and reaching out to people that we would have seen in those uh, ever so missed before times. So what I would really love to hear from your audience and, and putting their brain power to use is what does it look like for a small business like mine, who's a service provider, to network and find new clients and new areas to support when things are changing so rapidly and when everything's so digital based? And this touches on things like like marketing and networking and, and branding. But really at its core, it's what does it look like for small businesses to grow and become sustainable when they start in the pandemic? That's something I would really love to hear from your audience, especially as it relates to a field like mine in, in the world of academics and academic consulting. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. 
Thank you so much for having me today. It was really fantastic to chat with both of you and really nice to, to hear from both of you today. Thanks so much. Thank you. That was another episode of Innovation Fuel. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for listening to Innovation Fuel. We are on all podcast streaming platforms, Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Visit our website at www.youcanwest.ca slash innovationfuel. Also, follow us on Instagram at innovation underscore fuel. Thank you.